But go ahead. Go ahead. Pull down your pants. I'm going to need a moment. Okay, hold on. Okay, go ahead. All right, Hitler. Welcome to the More singing. episode episode 79. Oh, we can sing all you nice. want today, buddy. I'm ready. Can I? Oh, the last time yes. on the Renaissance. Yeah. I was just no. going to say, can I say happy yeah. birthday what? to a certain person? Happy birthday, Christy. Woo! I saw your butt on the Facebook. Woo! Nice ass. I'm sure, I'm sure she's got a great personality, too. Yeah, and she doesn't so, listen to the show, oh, so. That was for me. Know, that's that was for kind me. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just wanted to talk about Chris's Pretty ass on the show. Much. I'm I done. Get it. I get I, okay. it. I'm get satiated. It. I'm done yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. You know the best thing like best yeah, thing is Fox. Oh. Fox went to school. Fox oh. started school last week. 5 Hell days yeah. a week. Hell all yeah. All day. Chrissy and I home alone, right. quiet house should, every day. Mm, should I start oh, calling you Sir great. Hump a lot? It's been great. Yeah. 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 Oh, best thing ever. Yeah, um, you yeah. love him. Anyway. I mean, like, if we yeah. didn't, if we, if we didn't yeah. have this kid, this would we be our lives. Doing this for the yeah. last five years. Yeah. One of us would be in traction, yeah. but for a good reason. So come on. Anyway. That actually happened once. Uh, anyway, another long, long story, another time. Now, yes. last time. Uh, on the Renaissance, we talked about the uh, Pazzi conspiracy. Aww. Not the pizza, no. not the piri, <clears throat> but the Pazzi. This is the Pazzi conspiracy we did. Uh, on uh, Sunday morning, the 26th of April, 1478, yes. there was an attempted assassination by two priests <laughs> uh, of Lorenzo and his brother, big little Julie, right. Giuliano. Right. In the Duomo, they tried to assassinate the, uh, the, the, during mass, in the Duomo, right. the uh, Medici brothers. Jeez. Lorenzo escaped, only wounded in the neck. Yes. Um, Giuliano, dead on the floor. Right. Of the church. Now, when news reached the Palazzo Pazzi, can you say that five times fast? Palazzo Pazzi, Palazzo Pazzi, Palazzo Pazzi. I have a really good tongue. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> When news reached the Palazzo Pazzi that the assassination had failed, right? first, Jacopo Pazzi, the head of the family, according to all the histories, curled up on the floor. <laughs> Fetal. Sucked his right. thumb. Yeah, just sort of rocked. This is not good, Jerry. This is not good. This is not liver. good. How much, does a, how much does a candy bar cost? About $100. About $100. Freaking out. Somebody... Somebody slapped him hard, <laughs> threw a bucket of cold water over him, mm. and he, he fled on horseback with several armed men. Lorenzo sent his own band of armed men after him. Yes. 
Um, they caught up to the the Patsy Party. <laughs> Uh, there was a clash. Several of the Patsy Party men died, <laughs> but the Patsy himself he escaped into the mountains. Oh, good. But uh, well, yes, but it wasn't good for long. Uh, several villagers recognised him. They'd obviously been on Lorenzo's yeah. text alert system <laughs> that he'd set up. There was a yellow alert. Be you know, if you see something, <laughs> something say something. Oh, oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was captured. Uh, Jacopo de Pazzi was captured and turned over to the Medici men who took him back to Florence where he was thrown in the Bargello, the prison in the, uh, in the uh, Signoria, uh, pal- uh, uh, the, the Palazzo della Signoria, mm-hmm. and uh, was tortured. Mm. Uh, the next day, he was uh, apparently when he was being tortured, according to the books I read, he, uh, he eventually claimed that he had done a deal with the devil. Sure. Um, sure. That, you know, he admitted that he was evil. Um, the next day, he was dragged through the streets of Florence, stripped down to his underwear, dragged up the stairs to the tower in the Palazzo della Signoria. <sighs> Which I guess I'm, I'm wrong. That the Bargello is apparently not in the Palazzo. It's in the uh, Palazzo del Bargello. Mm-hmm. Uh, di- different, different place. Right. Looks like an old medieval castle. The place. Oh, we, we've seen that. We've been there. Yeah, it's got a different, different look to it. Still got a tower, but a different, right. different Palazzo. He was dragged to the uh, Palazzo della Signoria, stripped, uh, dragged up the stairs to the tower. Yeah. And thrown out the window. Well, he had a a safety harness. With a rope, yeah. A rope around his neck. That was his safety harness. Just to be safe. Let's put this. uh, We want to make sure you. you, Yeah, you hang. Maybe you could survive or fly away. Next to four of the other conspirators. Um, So the conspirators, nearly all, were caught. Uh, pretty quickly and uh, hung from their necks outside the tower of the Palazzo della Signoria. Right. Now, I, I don't know that this is not a big deal to me, but I'm not a God-fearing man. Archbishop Salviati, when he was hunged, hanged, he was still in his ecclesiastical, ecclesiastical robes, which is going to get back to the Pope who was really hoping this would work out. It didn't, but now the Pope's going to be pissed because his conspiracy to commit murder fizzled. I don't know. It's kind of strange to say. Yeah, now, uh, if, if people recall from the last episode, Salviati, when they got... He, he accompanied, uh, I think, Giuliano to the church because Giuliano had hurt his leg or right. something. And he's like, ah, come along. It'll be great. It'll be great. You're going to love it. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be fantastic. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be great. Picked him up from his house with another guy, accompanied him back, and then said, oh, I'm not going in. I've got to go visit my mother. Right. She's not well. Kind of thing. What he actually did, yeah, what he actually did was he went to the uh, Palazzo della Signoria yes. with a band of armed men mm. from Perugia right. and requested an audience with the gonfalonieri Cesare Petrucci saying that he had urgent news from the Pope. Now, right. I would think the gonfalonieri would be at the church on a Sunday morning <laughs> well, uh, for a major mass how much with you the know. visiting 
cardinal right. and right. yeah. Uh, maybe he got there before Petrucci left. Anyway, he says, I gotta go to see the Petrucci. Uh, I have uh, urgent news for my papa. Um, And Petrucci told his staff, okay, okay, let him in. Now, somehow, this band of armed Perugians that he had with him also managed to get in. And they split up into small groups and hid themselves. In various rooms in the Palazzo della Signora, waiting for the signal to attack. But I'm a little confused because I thought that the uh, the gonfaloniere or gonfather, if you will, was in the middle of his meal. He says, "Take the main guy to the um, to the main chamber. I'll meet him there. Everybody else can wait in the corridor. But if there's anybody else that comes, send them into the chancellery because." What they don't know, and I think this is just standard uh, procedure for anybody who's paranoid, the doors only open to that from the outside, not the inside. So some of the mercenaries are actually going to end up being trapped when they're needed most. Yeah. Petrucci tells him to bring Salviati in. Salviati comes in. He says, okay, what's up? Uh, Salviati goes, oh, look, the Pope. Um, Um, Look, he just really wanted to say... Um, I think you're doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, keep keep up the good work. Why am I sweating? Uh, Why am I wringing my hands? He may. <laughs> he may. He does. Someday, and this day might never come. The Pope will call upon you right. to do a to do him a favor, but until such time, consider this a gift on the day of his daughter's wedding. Yes, what daughter? He's the he's the pope. Yeah, what, the, what are you talking you about? Wedding? Yeah, I, no, oh, he's got a so, son. But sorry, yeah, I, uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So he's at living. Uh, Petrucci, Petrucci, Petrucci'd been around. Yeah, you've been around. Hey, yeah. hey, squire, well, you've been been with a lady, <laughs> and he figured out something. Something wasn't wasn't right. wasn't quite right here. So he called for the guard. Yes, he pressed the. Secret buzzer. <laughs> have you watched The Young Pope yet? No, no, have not, have not. Oh, great. In the first episode of The Young Pope, uh, you know, uh, Jude Law is the Pope and he's sitting at his desk in the Pope's office for the first time and his uh, Secretary of State, Cardinal Voyello, who's been, he's been like the Secretary of State for the last four right. Popes, been around forever, wow. old Italian guy. He says, and il Papa, you're under your desk, there is a secret button that if somebody is annoying you, you can you can secretly press the button, Ooh. and your assistant will come in with some excuse to get the person out. Jude Law goes, uh huh, and then he not so subtly, very very slowly but very obviously reaches <laughs> under the desk and starts pressing the button. I would, I would. you can't. And a yeah. nun, and a nun comes in and says, "Oh, uh, Il Papa, it's time for your meal." <laughs> And he goes, really? My meal? Really? Something better? That's that's yeah. the my meal? Yeah. <laughs> and the Secretary of State's like, oh, fuck, this guy. we got to work on that. He's been here two minutes. Yeah. He's already... Pushing the button. He's already <laughs> pushing the button. You're pushing my button! Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yes. So he calls, he hollers for the guard. Salviati runs from the room and hollers for the Perugians. Attack, attack, attack! <laughs> but... N- Nobody came. There was just a lot of this. <laughs> Hello? Hello? I want to come into the out now. Yeah. 
They're in the because, Chancellor. as you said, yeah. when Petrucci became the Godfather, he <laughs> had special latches attached or installed on all of the doors, which meant they couldn't be opened from the inside unless you knew the secret. Right. Which the Prugians obviously no, didn't. Nonsense. So they're just banging on the doors, trying to get out, probably putting a shoulder to right. it. But this is good Renaissance engineering here. Solace. <laughs> uh, but, but, and so yeah. until the... Yeah. No, but I was going to say, but, the, but then my favorite part comes. So so he's run out to try to get the uh, the mercenaries. They're trapped in. But there's another man in the vicinity, Jacopo Bracciolini. He draws his weapon. But what does the godfather do? He's the go- He's the godfather. He actually grabs this guy by the hair. He doesn't have a weapon, throws his ass down, bitch throws him down, and then he grabs a metal cooking spit, and he chases this man in any other's way. So I don't know much about this godfather. Father, but he's obviously a badass. When someone has a sword on him, he can just rush up, grab him by the hair, throw him down like the bitch. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Bracciolini, of course, is uh, Poggio Bracciolini's son. Yeah, we talked about. Got himself, I don't know, in a bit of trouble, hanging out with the wrong crowd. The, yeah, the Medici. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, the uh, Signoria guards just uh, open the doors, go in and cut the Perugians down to a man. Salviati, the Archbishop of Pisa, was arrested and taken to the tower where, as you spoiled it earlier on, he was thrown out of the window with a rope around his neck in full Archbishop regalia. Yes. And found himself hanging next to Francesco Pazzi, the uh, the manager of the Rome branch of the uh, Pazzi Bank that um, had had just received all the papal banking yes. business yes. Uh, and were celebrating. He was a uh, Salviati was apparently still alive enough as he was hanging there to turn yeah. on the rope yeah. and sink his teeth yeah. into the breast. Of Francesco Pazzi. It's not hot. Uh, fuck you! <laughs> this is all your fault! You said it was going to go down smoothly! Fuck my ass! Fuck you! Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. But, but but if I may a little bit, so you've got the, um, you got the plaza out there by the Signoria. You've got people freaking out because what it is is the Gonfather and his men heard the Perugians were about to break through the door. They run up the stairs into the tower. They lock the door. Um, there's pandemonium going on. But then um, some some of the people who are involved with the conspirators, even though the people standing around don't know really what's going on, they start yelling for these people, you know, saying, down with the Medici. They're the ones who are trying to... Uh, oppress you and so they start getting they start trying to get the people to chant with them but the florentine people not unlike the gonfather are pretty they've been around the block a time or two and they're like you know what this doesn't smell right so they don't join in in the chants and so when some of the medici men come from a different part of the um from the city they freak out and take off so they were supposed to kill the gonfonieri the signoria they were supposed to work the people up it's all falling apart, and now you've got bodies hanging from the tower. This whole thing has become a shit show. Uh, and, you know, even Renato de Pazzi, who wasn't actually involved in the conspiracy, was hanged from the tower. Mm. Uh, he, you know, the, they were taken out 
the all the heads of the Patsy family. Yes. Um, you know, today we settle all family accounts. <laughs> they did. Um, the two priests Ooh. who were involved in the assassination were eventually found hiding in the Badia right. Fiorentina, the, the abbey in Florence. <clears throat> Their ears and noses were cut off mm. and and then they were hung. Damn. The, um, the soldier, the condottieri Montesecco, was tortured and he gave a full confession and apparently... Everything that we know uh, about ah, the plot, right. the conspiracy, comes from Montesecco's confession. And uh, because he was a soldier and because he confessed and told them everything, he wasn't hung out the window Thank of you? the palazzo. Right. He had his head cut off with a sword. Damn. Thanks. Thanks. So that was a that was like a soldier's death, right. an honourable death, right. I guess. Quick, yeah. nice, and, nice, and yeah. Well, you hope, <laughs> Relati- but it's relative. I, I, I got a feeling that uh, beheading with a sword isn't uh, clean cut. You know, it's not like a guillotine, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it takes you like five goes. <laughs> you know, and somebody tried to behead. Day, 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 somebody tried to behead J. David Markham <laughs> with a machete, as you know, right. and. Uh, didn't, didn't take. Didn't take. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! Can I get a professional, please? I hope that's not too much to ask for. But yeah, yeah. So and sharpen, <laughs> like just a tip. If you're gonna try and behead somebody with a machete, right? Sharp. Go to the effort. Come on, yeah. sharpen. Show your sharpen your fucking machete, people. Yeah. Come on, come on. Yeah. So the two priests are killed. And this whole thing is falling apart. And the, like you said, the leader of the Patsy family has been uh, done away with. So, so there, there were apparently another seventy to a hundred men who were captured and killed. Damn! Uh, as a result of the conspiracy, some were innocent, right? But you have to remember that in Florence, the family was regarded as a unit. You know, Good we've point. seen this in the past when. One uh, Medici, like uh, Cosimo, was exiled. They would exile everyone. Yeah, you have to. Every, you know, they. It, it's like this, uh, you know, mafia mobster thing. Like uh, they know that if you exile, if you exile one, the rest are going to yeah. come for you. You need to take them all right. out. So everyone who was involved, like attendants and servants of the party, oh. anyone who could have been. Uh, aware of this or might have wanted revenge, basically got taken out. Even people who were innocent of the actual conspiracy, didn't know anything about it, just got swept up in it. Several were sent to the dungeons in Volterra. And then mm-hmm. the whole Parsi family was disqualified from holding office in Florence in perpetuity. Yeah. The survivors were ordered to change the family name. Mm. The citizens of Florence were forbidden to marry a daughter or a sister of the party. Wow. And orders were given that the, the scutcheons, the, the family symbol, the herald that was on the walls of their palazzos, etc., mm-hmm. should be hacked down from the walls and that the name of the little square where the party palaces all clustered... Right should be changed. Wipe them out. 
So they were basically yeah. uh, what 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 do we call it? Oh in the yeah, Rome series? Um, uh, shit. The where memory the name is scratched yes. from history. Yes. They they don't exist. Yeah. They do yeah. not exist. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, they were they were supposed to be wiped out. Now it didn't didn't completely work. Apparently, you go to Florence today, you can still see the dolphins, which were the uh, Parsi uh, Herald part of the Parsi Herald. You can still see some dolphins on some walls. Uh, I think the the plaza uh, is still referred to as the Plaza Parsi mm-hmm. or something to that effect. So it didn't completely wipe out the memory of the uh, Parsi family, but they did their yes. best to crush them for all time. Jesus. The only uh, like senior member of the Parsi who survived was Lorenzo's brother-in-law Guglielmo, who was. You know, they kind of assumed that he was uh, innocent, but they watched him carefully. Some people called for him right. to be killed, but uh, I think he was like kept under house arrest for a while while they could ascertain to what degree he was involved. But he managed to he managed to survive. That's fine. House arrest, hell of a lot better than hanging. Thank you, sir. Thank you a thousand times. I'll take it. Now you may think getting. Uh, uh, stripped and tortured and hung from your neck is the worst that could happen to Jacopo Pazzi. But uh, people had other things in mind for his corpse. So as you said, he he is hung. Uh, His body is buried at the Santa Croce, the Pazzi family church. But now it's Mother Nature's turn to have her revenge. If you believe a certain interpretation, heavy rains come and they wash away the cereal harvest. This is actually blamed on the Potsy family because I guess they've upset God or whatever by trying to do this conspiracy, by killing in a church, by, you know, trying to kill um, uh, people, obviously, who, who give to the church and support the church. So the crowd threatens to take Jacopo's body, the guy who is the leader of the Potsy family, and they, they threaten to mistreat it. So the friars think they're being clever. They exhume the body and they rebury it somewhere else in unconsecrated ground outside the city near the public gallows. But two days later, some boys dig it up. They use the rope around the neck. They drag his body through the streets saying, make way for the great king. They drag the body back to the Palazzo Pazzi. They use the head to rap against the door with cries of, open up, the great king is here. But his body is not quite being uh, mistreated yet. The body is thrown into the Arno River. It ends up on a mud bank. Supposedly, some urchins find the body, play with it, have their own mock hanging, abuse the body even further to the point where it's falling apart, and then it is thrown back into the river. A very ignoble ending for the head of a major family. The people of Florence were pissed. Not that they, you can't really say that they love the Medici, as, as we're going to find out in a couple of minutes, but they were truly angry about what had almost happened to the stability of their beloved city. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the, uh, the, the thinking around the storms and the connection to the party is that he was uh, somebody who uh, sort of organized an assassination uh, in a church... Yeah which was, uh, you know, uh, uh, during a mass, which you have to think is not great, uh, in the eyes of the <laughs> Lord. And then he was buried in buried in consecrated ground. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Lord was pissed about yes. that. So they, uh, 
that's why he was moved to unconsecrated right. ground, but even that wasn't enough. Um, yeah, uh, so I've got a like um, uh, quote from an old book here. It says, The decaying corpse floated on down the river where it was washed up onto a mud bank, and here it was discovered by the group of urchins who began parading the skeletal Ugh. remains... They tied a rope around the skeleton's neck and enacted a mock hanging. Uh, yeah. I mean, just gory, gory brutal. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know that kids back in those days didn't <laughs> have Xbox. an Xbox <laughs> or an iPad. So, you know, you had Big to, uh, you know, that's, like how a corpse. You had, that's what Come you on, did fellas. for fun. Yeah. 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 Fun. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Um, now, Sandro Botticelli, the famous artist who we'll talk about a bit over the next couple of episodes, uh, was commissioned to paint a mural on the walls of the Palazzo della Signoria depicting the hanging bodies of the uh, conspirators, the assassins, as a reminder of the great treachery. And, and uh, Giorgio Vasari says it was so lifelike you would swear the bodies were still there. Right. I don't know what, hap- I don't know what happened to it. I, I guess it got painted over at some stage. It's a shame I, it's not still well, there. Well, it, awesome. it was destroyed. We can get into this now or we can get into the later. But as we're going to find out, his wasn't the only... Um, work uh, painting on there, which makes it truly one of those one of a kind things. Because there's another artist who is going to contribute to it later, but it, it, to make a deal with the Pope because things start, the passions start to die down after a while. They the the agreement is they have to destroy it because you're right. It was so lifelike. People could point and say, yes, those were the clothes they were wearing when they were hung or when they when they killed or whatever or the, the day of the uh, attempted conspiracy. I recognize the face and I recognize recognize the clothes. That's how well Botticelli was able to recreate their 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 images. So uh, one of the conspirators who escaped was uh, Bernardo Bandini. Mm. Uh, this is the guy that uh, we mentioned had a bit of a gambling right. problem. He owed money to the Pazzi Bank and was brought in to kill Giuliano. He was the only one who knew right. what he was doing. He was the only one Steady who succeeded. Hand. Yeah. He, he managed to escape, but he was painted hanging on the wall anyway. Now, under every uh, uh, picture, every person, the corpse on the wall, Lorenzo had an inscription transcribed to say right. who it was. Um, and under Bandini's, the epitaph said, I am Bernardo Bandini, another Judas a murderous traitor in a church was I, a rebel doomed to await a death even more hard. Damn. So, yeah. So uh, he had escaped to manage to get all the way to Constantinople, Bandini, where he took refuge with the Sultan Mehmet or mm-hmm. Muhammad oh, II. Okay, well, he's good. Who was who was currently, you know. Invading Greece and uh, getting ready to invade Italy. He was busy. Uh, Bandini thought, well, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and uh, went and sought refuge with the Sultan. Unfortunately for him, 
the Sultan was like, look, I may be <laughs> right. the Sultan. I may want... I may want, you know, to conquer all of Christianity and I may be prepared to kill <laughs> tens of thousands of people to do that, but even I, I wouldn't do it I in a church a during a mass, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he orders Bandini's arrest, who is found, he is arrested, he is sent back to Florence in chains, and as you can imagine... Um, he gets the out the window treatment, but with his safety harness around his neck job as well. And he is no more, but because he has been found and he has been hanged, his figure has to be repainted, but Botticelli can't do it because he's busy doing something else. So they give the job to one Leonardo da Vinci. (laughs) So there's a, there was a fresco that had the work of Botticelli and Leonardo da Vinci at the same time. It was art. It was brilliant but it was a warning all at the same time. Yeah. And like, I think it's a, it's a good way to use art oh, too. Fuck yeah. Uh, painting yeah. victims of the state on the wall. I think we should do that today. Right. Like I know, like in Australia, we don't have capital punishment, but in the US you do. Yeah. Uh, every, every person that you, that the state terminates right. in the US, uh, you should paint a mural of them in the electric chair at the moment of their, you know, demise and just paint it on the walls of all your buildings. Well, I thought you were going to say instead of capital punishment, we could have public humiliation. You take the people who didn't do fuck all about the fires you have in Australia and you paint them embarrassing situations all over Australia. So people can point and laugh and make fun of them. And, and I don't know. And if that doesn't work, then you hang them. And the last thing I wanted to say was that Botticelli needed 12 weeks to do his finished, uh, to finish painting his part of it. So, um, he was paid 40 gold florins. He worked for 12 weeks. And again, the, uh, the, um, the Medici had a way, had a very public demonstration of what it meant if you tried to cross them. Everybody got to see it. Now, the young cardinal they'd been throwing the mass for, he was sort of part of the plot, but uh, an unwitting accomplice. Right. I, I don't think he... Yeah. Yeah, he didn't know what the plan was, but uh, obviously he figured out quite quickly uh, that he'd been part of it. They didn't execute him. They held him as a prisoner. Uh, The crowd was sort of baying for his execution, but Lorenzo said, no, uh, he's innocent. We're not animals. Right. Uh, But more importantly, he was a bargaining chip. For uh, the Pope. I think he was the, he was the Pope's nephew. Right. Um, and so they used him as a bit of a, bit of a, yeah, bargaining chip. Kept him in prison. But, uh, you know, the Pope, when he found out about all this, it didn't, didn't, didn't go well. <laughs> didn't take it very well. The whole, the whole deal. <coughs> when news, when news of... The failed conspiracy and the uh, the the assassin or the, the the executions got back to Pope Sexy. Oh, uh, he was he was furious. Yeah, especially when he heard that one of his archbishops had been hanged in a Christian city <laughs> in full regalia, purple robes. out of a window. Oh, yeah, his hands were tied behind not, his back. Not good. Not good. Well, I mean, look, I'm the Pope when I organize a conspiracy, 
I expect it to be carried out. If you fight against me, that's sacrilegious. That's an insult to the power of the church. So he whips out his Pope pen, it's really big, and he issues a bull excommunicating Lorenzo and issues an interdict forbidding the celebration of Mass in any church throughout the entire Florentine Republic. This guy is coming down on everybody. He is pissed because he had plans for the lands, he had plans for the uh, the Medici money, the possessions, and it's all been screwed up. And you don't defy the Pope. Well, you do if you're the if you're the, the Medici in Florence. Um, his nephew, the Pope's nephew slash illegitimate son, right. uh, Girolamo Riario, the Lord of Imola. Mm-hmm. And remember, this is kind of where it all started because the Pope wanted to buy Imola and he asked the, the Medici for money. 40, and they were like, eh, yeah. Lorenzo was like, eh, let, me, let, me, let me sleep on it. And the Pope was pissed mm-hmm. and got the money from the Pazzi. Um, you know, uh, Riario hadn't been involved in the... Well, he knew about it, but he didn't he go stood, yeah. with them. He's like, hey, yeah. listen, I've just become Lord of right. this town. There's so much got, to do. Yeah. You got, you got it handled. I'm right. sure you got it. Yeah, I'm still yeah. setting this up. You got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he now marched uh, on the Florentine embassy in Rome with 300 soldiers from the Papal Guard, mm. arrested the Florentine ambassador, good old Donato Acciawoli. Good old friend uh, and uh, uh, supporter right. of the Medici. Uh, who insists on being taken directly to the Pope. This is an outrage. Right. I am an ambassador. Inviolate. Can't touch me. Yeah. You can't touch gets, us. Gets taken <laughs> to the Pope where he absolutely oh, shit. cracks the shits with <laughs> the Pope. No. Expresses his outrage, but he's thrown in prison. Um, right. Uh, and 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 is only released when the ambassadors from I think Venice and uh, Milan yeah uh, go to the Pope and say, well, if you're throwing the ambassador of Florence in jail for something he had nothing to do with, then throw us in jail as well. Right. We're all going to jail, right? And they protested, and so Pope Sexy. Let him go. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of this came about, I think, during Cosimo's time. You set up ambassadors. They gather information. They can convey messages from you to whoever. I get all that. And if and if that very system breaks down, then there's only going to be more trouble, more miscommunication, more confusion, and probably more war. I mean, these are the guys. They are literally messengers, nothing more. To mess with that is to mess up with a system that is supposed to prevent war. And I think these other guys recognize that he truly was innocent of whatever was going on. And let's let's even though you and I know and the people know listening, it was a conspiracy. That very quickly gets swept under the rug because the Pope is so indignant. Everybody's now trying to deal with his anger because not only is he throwing excommunications all over the place, but he's going to contact his ally, the King of Naples, because they have a joint treaty. And he says, I'm at war with Florence. Guess what, motherfucker? So are you now. We are going to war against Florence and we're going to finish what they started. Yeah, it didn't go straight to war. Now, Pope Sexy dispatched a papal delegation to Florence, ordering the citizens to hand over Lorenzo so that he could be tried for sacrilege, blasphemy, insulting the church, murdering the Archbishop of Pisa and and a bunch of other crimes. Not Not giving me money as soon as I asked for it. That's a crime. 
Now, like, like, let's just take a step back and, and remember that the Pope yeah. approved this conspiracy. Okay, he said, look, don't shed any blood. <laughs> but, but then they said, listen, listen, listen. Will you let us do whatever we think is right? And he was like, okay, yeah. you do whatever you have to. I'm the Pope and I approve this but, message. Yeah, but for the record... So, like, the Pope's guilty as fuck Ab- in, in yes. this. Yes. In an assassination of two guys in a church that had done nothing to him. Right. Uh, except uh, not loan him money that he felt he deserved. That he wasn't I mean, good for. This, yeah. This guy is filthy dirty. And <clears throat> now he's, like, trying to spin it that Lorenzo's the bad guy right. who's... Uh, Sacril- I mean, how is it not sacrilegious or blasphemy to approve an assassination of Christians in a fucking Christian church during a mass? Like, <laughs> you got to look at it from a certain point of view. Actually, that's not true. This is completely fucked up. Um, and he's pissed that he got caught. I mean, it's it's a PR disaster. But he's going to try to just ride roughshod right over that. In the papal uh, bull that he issued, Lorenzo was called culpable, sacrilegious, excommunicated, anathematized, infamous, unworthy of all trust, and spiritually disqualified from making a will. Uh, Could you repeat that last part for me? Spiritually disqualified from making a will. Is the Pope going to try to get everything he can out of the former Medici now that they've been, you know, hopefully uh, ruined for life. Is he going to try to go after all of their money, all their possessions, no. all their artwork, all their everything? No, it's not about money, right? <laughs> Surely. I'm, I'm reading too much into it. I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. You won't loan me 40,000 florins, bitch? <laughs> well, guess what? I would take, I'm coming for I'm all of it. <laughs> Spiritually disqualified yeah. from making a will. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> how does what's well, making a will got to do with being spiritually qualified or unqualified? I'm the Pope in my world. My game is spirituality, and I can just tell by looking at you that you are disqualified. You are unqualified to make a will. I better decide what's going to happen <laughs> with all your property. Something like that. Now, he also condemned the Gonfalonieri, Cesare Petrucci, and the entire Signoria of Florence in in similar terms. They were to have all their property confiscated by the church, their houses leveled to the ground, their every dwelling place rendered unfit for habitation of any kind. You know what he's doing? He's going for Stadio. <laughs> yes. He basically is going for Stadio on the yeah. Medici yeah. Yeah. and the, the Signoria. Oh, my God. How, many, how, po- how pissed can a Pope be if a Pope is really pissed? How pissed can a Pope Pope be <laughs> if a Pope Pope's really pissed? Turns out plenty pretty pissed. Yeah. He's going after everybody. Yeah. <laughs> May everlasting ruin accompany their eternal disgrace, he wrote, which I think should you, be on a coffee mug. You know they were going to be now, killed, the Godfather and the um, Signoria. It was, it was their mission, the mercenaries, to kill them as well, to wipe out the leadership of the city. They were literally not defending the city, defending their own lives. But that doesn't matter. Mm. He also published an edict where he ordered the seizing of all Medici assets in Rome, including the bank, Fuck. 
and he nullified all debts <gasps> owing to the bank. Brilliant. They're all null and void, all debts, including, of course, <laughs> his own loan of 10,000 florins, which he wouldn't have to pay back. Done. Done. But now yeah. the people of Florence yeah. responded to the Pope's excommunication and further demands by basically <laughs> politely telling him to go fuck himself. Right. They showed him a finger. I'm not sure which finger it was, but it was definitely one of their fingers. So the people are like, we're, you know, because I, and we don't need to go into this too much, but during the conspiracy and during the mopping up, it's not like the, the people were. I think the people were worried about the stability of the city, but no one's going around. Lorenzo, Lorenzo, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. I mean, there's not a lot of that, <laughs> but there is a lot of anger in the town uh, because, as we saw, just the brutality of, of the next few days after the killing, it just gets really horrendous. But I don't think it's pro-Medici. I think it's just anti, you're fucking up our lives here. Life is hard enough as it is without you guys going around killing each other and all this kind of stuff. So the people say they won't turn over Lorenzo. And then the bishops of Tuscany, who were also excommunicated as well, and you know they had nothing to do with this. They're not happy. They get together in the cathedral at Florence, and all the leading citizens attend with them, and they decide that they're going to fight back because they say the Signoria was justified in defending the Republic and themselves. This is complete bullshit. So you've got everybody in Florence and around Florence lining up, lockstep with each other, and they're all defending each other. Yeah, I... Uh, I, I, depending on the books you read, mm -hmm. some some books say that um, the people of Florence did mm -hmm. cry out in support of the Medici. Right. Well, he has brought um, prosperity others, and stability. Others, yeah. Other other books say they didn't. Right. Call, cry out, parle parle. So it depends on the books you read. Um, okay. What actually? What the level of support the people showed for the Medici. Um, but I also I have <clears throat> I have the text of the uh, reply that Florence sent to the Pope. It was called just uh, a brief reply, I think, something like that. Right. They wrote, "Your Holiness writes to us that you are only waging war against our state to free it from a tyrant. We are thankful for your paternal love <laughs> and for the consolation your letter." affords the people. It is a people which has ever been on the side of the church and has been the first in professions of obedience to your holiness. It could not therefore without sorrow behold an army of the shepherd entering its territories, even while the Turk was on the threshold of Italy, ravaging its crops, seizing its towns and carrying off its maidens and its shrines as booty. Mm. Um, any guess who may have wrote, written that brief reply? Uh, was it Lorenzo? I, do, I don't know, but I'm guessing he probably had a part in it. Yeah. yeah. We are thankful for your paternal love. Oh, it like gee, thanks, Pope. Yeah. Yeah. You're only you're thinking of us. Oh, that's so nice. Thanks for thinking of us. But honestly, we're good. We're right. We're fine. And you can fuck off. Now, the, uh, the uh, decree that the bishops of Tuscany published excommunicating the Pope, they actually had it printed <laughs> Jesus Christ. on Florence's first printing press. Nice! Yay! Which had only arrived a year earlier, and it was distributed throughout Tuscany. Now, the Pope 
hadn't actually got his hands on a printing press yet. <laughs> right. So, in fact, the uh, the decree by the bishops of Tuscany excommunicating the Pope was probably f- far more widely read oh. than the papal decree excommunicating Florence and Lorenzo. Um, but Pope Sexy obviously wasn't going to take this uh, lying down, this sort of uh, uh, negation of his authority. Yeah. And so that's when he declared war on Florence. Yeah. Now it's official. So he brings in King Ferrante of Naples, which is, if you remember, between Rome and the southern end of the peninsula on the west coast. Florence was pretty much alone in its own defense. The Medici ally, the Orsini family, they tried to rally their army, but it was pretty much a gesture, nothing more. They had to be careful. Milan in northern Italy was still dealing with its own internal power struggles, so they can only send a token force to Florence. In Venice, the northeast coast of Italy, as always, they're looking out for the northern um, Italian territory. They want everything to stay calm, but they pretty much consider Florence a lost cause. Look, you're about to get your ass kicked. So they only send a a token um, force as well. But Lorenzo did manage to get the Duke of Ferrara, which is located in between Florence and Venice, but closer to Venice, to send his small mercenary, i.e. professional army, to the Florentine forces, and they would lead it. But that's pretty much all he's got going up against the Pope. Well, yeah, Francesco and Galeazzo Sforza, uh, who would have been on their side in previous years, were obviously gone. Galeazzo had been murdered in a church uh, just previously. Ludovico Sforza, Ludovico Moro, was sort of in this relationship with Naples, so he ended up falling in with them. Mm. And so, yeah, the, the only the only sort of support Lorenzo was really going to get was from Louis XI, the King of France, who saw this as an opportunity maybe for him to oh, make a play yet again for... Naples. for Parts of Italy that he thought were his own, yeah, right. including Naples. Yeah. He um, sent his best wishes and condolences to <laughs> Lorenzo, and, prayers. and then threat, threat, yeah, threatened the Pope with a general council. Uh, listen, I think it's about time we all got together and decided, you know, whether or not you actually know what you're doing. <laughs> and he forbade any money being transferred from from France to Rome. So, of course, these things, whenever there's a conflict, it's a bit like, you know, today, nothing's changed. Whenever a conflict breaks out and there's a weakness in the leadership of a territory, all the vultures yes. who are looking for a chance to get in and take what they think is theirs, yeah, all of a sudden uh, start, you know, sitting on treetops looking for opportunities to, to attack weakened animals um, it's like we saw in, in Syria, you know, during the Syrian civil war, as soon as that broke out, every man and his dog right. jumped on board to try and, you know, take a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, same thing's going to happen here. That's the problem with, you know, these kings of France and England, they're looking for opportunities to jump in. King of England, Edward IV, brother of Richard III, also suppre- uh, sorry, expressed his support for a council. Mm. General Council. Right. So these kings are gang- ganging up on the Pope, but the Pope didn't back down. He, the papal forces were led by their new commander, old one eye himself, 
Montefeltro, the Duke of Urbino, <laughs> right, whose troops had raped their way through Volterra, yes. uh, for Lorenzo, but who was now married into the Pope's family, as we've talked about on previous episodes, and now is recognised as the supreme military commander in all of Italy. Damn. So not only that, but you've got the large army from Naples under the Duke of Calabria, the son of the king of uh, King Ferrante. So it's a pretty big force. So the Duke of Urbino, which is um, 50 miles due east of Florence, is going to stand by, but he's ready to move. But the Duke of Calabria moves into Florentine territory from the south. And so the invasion is on. Now, Larry didn't go into battle himself. No. And get some criticism from historians about that. Well, what do you no. think? No, 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 Ray, no, no, Should he have no. gone into battle? No, the days are almost gone where the general leads from the front and he is not a soldier. He is a banker. He's a politician. He's a leader. His body is way too valuable for that kind of stuff. I know that he's still young and I know that he's a, a good hunter and he's physically fit from, from what I can remember. But no, I think that would have been completely stupid. And there's going to be a story later on where you can see that he is... Pretty brave, but no, I think that would have been a huge mistake. That's why you have military leaders with their mercenary army. That's their job. You pay them and they go. I think he's more, not only is he safer, but it's 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 wise for him to stay back and to try to control events as best he can. That's my two cents. He's like, look, if you need someone <laughs> to write poems. Boom. About Tuscan, the, about I'm there. the battles. I'm your guy. Right. I'm your yeah. guy. If you need someone to commission a painting. Celebrating a victory, I, I, I'm your guy. Come to me. Absolutely. Is there a joust? The fighting? Yeah. 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 No. A joust no. where I will be <laughs> declared winner. Right. Even, beforehand. even if, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's great. Please, please call anytime. I, I will whip fighting, out my red and white. Uh, yeah, no. No. Yeah. No. The only not, red I wear not is that scarlet, actually, not blood. Yeah. Not that there was actually that much fighting going on anyway. No, as we know, when mercenary armies in Renaissance Italy <laughs> went to war... <laughs> they look at each other and go... There was a lot of Ooh, like hard, yeah, you? hard stares across what? the battlefield. One of these days. Yeah. Ooh, oh, you're pissing me off. If I ever get my hands on you... <laughs> Stay over there. All right. If I ever what, get what my time hands... Is it? Time for lunch? Right. All right, we're going Break. to lunch. What about you? Yeah, yeah. we're going to lunch too. All I'll right, meet well... Um, yeah. Well, listen, it's probably going to be a long lunch. Uh, we'll I'm, probably have a bit to drink. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow? Well, same time Same time tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What time? Oh, not too early. Got us, you know, we'll probably have a big night, so we'll be hungover in the morning. So, what about yeah. brunch? Yeah, uh, after brunch. Right, right, right after 11, brunch. 12, 12? Yeah, 12 sharp. Yeah, okay. 12 sharp. See you, see you at 12 for about 20 minutes, then we'll go to lunch. Good, yeah, okay, it's good. Oh, but then I'm going to kick your ass, buddy, tomorrow after lunch. And they just circle each other. They retreat, they they move around. It's just a bunch of guys pointing at maps, moving their troops around. Because they get paid to stand there and do that, not die. You can't get paid. I'm not an expert, but you can't get paid if you're dead. I'm, I'm, and they're getting paid by the hour. Right. They're getting paid by the hour. Right. Oh, fantastic gig! Yeah. Uh, the uh, the the uh, Duke of Ferrara, who's leading the Florentine troops, right. 
kept retreating. And when the signoria <laughs> sent him a telegram and said, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> he goes, oh, no, no. They say you're retreating. He goes, no, 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 no. no. Look, no sign. obviously, yeah. obviously you, you don't know anything about right. military tactics That's here. That's why I'm here. Um, what I'm doing isn't, re- it's not retreating. Right. What I'm doing is outmaneuvering. Right. right. Outmaneuvering but, them. Or advancing uh, in ba- reverse. Barian. Yeah. Yeah. Barry, and, Barry and Stan came up with that one. They said, listen, you, you know, it's it's all about the words that you use. We don't call it retreating. Put a spin on it. They, they were actually employed. Napoleon got them in uh, a couple of few hundred years later right. when he had to get the fuck out of Russia. Because if you talk to J. David Markham, Napoleon didn't retreat. No. It was a strategic withdrawal, withdrawal. from Russia. <gasps> like my penis. Strategic. Right. <laughs> Sorry. 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 It's a strategic withdrawal. Pull out. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, from what I read, there might have been some truth to the Duke of Ferrara's claims because they were fighting in rocky, yeah. mountainous territory. And, and as we know from... All of the shows that we've done over the years, uh, difficult fighting in mountainous territory, particularly if your force is mostly made up of cavalry, which is what these mercenary armies mostly were. The condottieri tended to favour cavalry over infantry Mm -hmm. because cavalry was expensive and took longer to train. Right. And so if you had one... You had sort of a niche skill. People couldn't just go and hire, you know, you know, pull together, a bu- right. round up a bunch of people. Right. You can round up a bunch of nobodies, give them a sword and a spear and go, right, yeah. go point in that direction and kill anything that stands in your way. It's going to get ugly. Not that difficult. Right. I mean, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of people. But, but going up against cavalry, obviously you can't do that, you know, effectively unless you're Alexander the Great. You can't go up against cavalry just with infantry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you need cavalry to go up against cavalry, and if the only people with the trained cavalry are the mercenaries, the condottieris, then you got the game locked down. They've cornered cornered the market (laughs) on cavalry here in Renaissance Italy. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, you're going to look, the other guy's got a cavalry. Right. Uh, Do we need a cavalry? Well, I mean, we could just send a bunch of guys at him and, you know, get them to look angry, but really we need a cavalry. So, oh, fuck it. You know he's going to screw us. He's going to want the alley rate deal again. (laughs) But what do we do? We can't not have a cavalry. Got to have a cavalry. But, of course, cavalry, as I said, uh, not very good in that kind of territory. Now, just to drive this point home about how they weren't trying too hard, the campaign ran for nearly two years. Oh do you know? Do you know how many people died in pitched battles? For some reason, the number thirty-two feels good. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know the exact number, but I know from one of my sources that not a single captain of either side or commander oh. of even second rank from either side died in the battle. You're doing it right. So yeah. it was. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> it's a great scam. I love it. 
I love we the should... Kentucky air this game. All right, well, we're I guess we're at war now. Oh, are we? Okay. Uh, uh, under well, listen. Yeah. Where do we get to start? Oh, oh well, I, I don't feel know. it. You look, look at the clouds up it's there. Building. I think it might rain. Yeah. Could rain. Can't fight rain. Do you like? Do you want to fight in rain? No, I don't want to fight in the Water rain. Water gets in my eyes. Look at look at my yeah. look at my hat. It's got a feather. You <laughs> know what happens to feathers in rain? Will droop. Don't yeah. Yeah, I'm an officer and a gentleman. But uh, lots of innocent men and women and children oh, died. Yeah. Just oh, not yeah. mercenaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, that's gonna happen. You gotta, you gotta make it look that's good. Right. So, Collateral damage. You know, the pope, the pope's army did the, you know, did what any good Christian or what Jesus himself would have done. On horseback. If he was there, right. um, they they torched entire villages of. Men, women, and children. Sounds right. Um, because you know that's because they can't fight. That's back? how Jesus would have done it. Oh, right, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the Christians believe that when um, the Emperor Constantine was fighting uh, Maxentius at the Battle of Milvi- Milvian Bridge, right. um, I always think of Volva, Volva, <laughs> Volva Bridge in uh, three. <laughs> I've had some more battles. Or whatever it was. I've had some Volvo battles, my friend. That, anyway, go ahead. That, that Jesus uh, swooped in with his Jesus army. That sounds right. <laughs> and, and helped him uh, defeat Maxentius. So they know Jesus is, likes a little bit of, right. uh, you know, a little bit of bloodshed. He's, all, he's, he's up for that. Christ. Loves it. Yeah. Loves it. I can't, can't get enough. Yeah, I know, I know we're going to stop soon, so I'll just mention one thing and then you can decide whatever. But uh, so just to give you an idea of how passive this was. So the uh, the Duke of Calabria finally does reach a town called Cole, which is 30 miles south of Florence. But the people there who are sick and tired of listening about other villages being burned down and cows raped and women killed or whatever, they stand up to these troops and they actually, you know, they close their gates, whatever, and they, and they resist. Well, fuck, now the Duke's got to lay siege to this. It's going to take him two months to break these people. And as far as I know, maybe you can correct me, they weren't professional military feet, uh, people. They weren't soldiers. They weren't fighters. They were just pissed off civilians, but they're able to hold back this invasion force for two months uh, before they're able to break through and take the town. Well, let's stop there and we'll pick up the uh, war between the Pope and the uh, Medici in our next episode. Episode uh, 80, I guess that will be. Sounds good. All right. Play some music. I'm trying to find it. Okay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Actually, I'm okay with that. Hello. Love it. Love it. This is gold.